Welcome, everyone. Episode 40 of the Health the Wealth podcast. Steve Giordano here. I am honored to be joined on the other coast. My main man, Jack Yu of Family First Life Financial. He is the senior board member. What is going on, my friend? Hey, Steve. How you doing? Thanks for having me today. I am terrific. Thank you for joining us. Um, you are. Can we call you an OG? When did you start with FFL? I'm old, definitely. <laughs> uh, I started with FFL pretty much in the beginning, so it's been about eight years. It's been really exciting. Uh, I was with a few other people at the previous company for a couple of few years before that, too. So I've been with like Paul and Andrew uh, for 11 years now. All right, so you are an OG. So I like to dig <laughs> deep into kind of background as to you know how someone got into the entrepreneurial you know kind of you know field and so on and so forth so did you have some of that in your family growing up or you know were you just kind of like you know raised basic and mom and dad had you know normal nine to five jobs uh i think so i was very fortunate uh my family were uh hard-working people and uh you know they came from overseas had to figure things out um, and, uh, I was fortunate enough to be raised uh, in New York and, uh, they were doing all kinds of different businesses. So, uh, by the time I got to, uh, uh, working age, I, you know, hung around with the family a lot and then they started various businesses. Uh, we were actually, uh, in, uh, trading scrap metal for many, many years, like over five decades. They did that where they get, uh, metals from all over the country. Uh, meaning like uh, not they call it non-ferrous, which is like copper, aluminum, zinc, and they send it overseas for for sale. So they started doing that, and then uh, we got from that into shipbreaking, which is like you break up like battleships and victory ships and warships with the steel. So we had shipbreaking facilities overseas, and from there, my dad got into uh, buying and selling ships. So. He would try to broker these ships out and he had this one opportunity <laughs> strangely enough to uh get these three luxury uh river cruise vessels from the former soviet union when they came down and uh these sister ships were made overseas for i don't know 50 years or something so then at that suddenly they had these three ships available so my dad was trying to broker them out was having a hard time doing that and uh finally found some people in uh, china and some partners who said hey We'll do it with you as long as you do it with us. We'll buy them as long as you do it with us. So somehow we got into like the cruising industry. <laughs> wow. So I used to do that. I did that for like 15 years. Yeah. That's awesome. So, wow. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, a freak chance and uh, I just ran with it. So I worked with my family for, yeah, quite a few years. Yeah. That's awesome. And then, you know, kind of found your way into what we'll call the financial services industry what did that transition look like for you? Yeah, uh, it wasn't very, it wasn't very glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't grow up thinking, hey, I'm going to be a life insurance person, you know. Um, and uh, I can't, you know, after the demise of the company, 
after the company traded hands, I was, you know, looking for a job, really kind of defeated, uh, was uh, back in New York, uh, wasting all kinds of time and money. And I said, look, I need to, I need to take a break and get out of here and came back to LA where I still had a couple friends. I was sleeping on my friend's couch, trying to figure things out. It was 2008 and it was hard to find a job. My resume, I thought it looked good and nobody else thought so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I got involved with life insurance because of my the friend's house, I was sleeping on his couch. His girlfriend was a top producer at this other company. So I said, okay, she's doing that good. If I can do half as good, it'd be a start. At least I could tell my family I got a job, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I got my license. I got into insurance. And uh, the first time out, it w- was not successful for me. Really good people, great training. And uh, spent, you know, just uh, under a year there, didn't make any money and left. So um, I moved on to bigger and better days. And, you know, a couple of years had, had transpired. And then I ran into uh, these people. Uh, at, at a former organization, uh, you know, I, I guess I was still pretty desperate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, the, the opportunity, it looked good, you know, the opportunity to work with leads and uh, the opportunity to take control of your own, you know, situation. You know, the lead part really stuck out because I knew insurance was, could be very lucrative, very rewarding. I'd never seen any results, positive results from it, but uh, I knew the only way I was really going to be successful is if I could, had people to talk to, the leads. Right? That was my, that was the biggest challenge for me in a former organization. So, uh, met a few guys, Paul, Andrew, and they were. You got to remember, they were really young at the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was kind of taking a leap of faith. Here I am, some middle-aged guy, kind of washed up. <laughs> <laughs> Going back for my second round of life insurance, my wife was like, what are you freaking crazy? You're going to do what and spend what to do what? I was like, well, you know, honey, it looks real good. <laughs> yeah, sure. <You> know? <laughs> but fortunately for me, you know, I stuck around and uh, it started you know, getting traction. And uh, here we are. It's wow. grown so much. It's incredible. Well, first of all, if if insurance doesn't work out, you know, comedy would be your thing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have like that good, like, you know, you give us the dry and then bang the punchline. You'd be perfect at it. <laughs> uh, well, at least I know I have a place somewhere, right? Right. You got a backup plan, right? <laughs> I got a backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's incredible is, you know, where you you are, where you and your team has has come and what you've built is, is amazing. Um, and what you do, we're going to talk about annuities and a lot of the things that you do. But the story of the perseverance, like everybody always sees the glory of, hey, like Jack's here. But then it's like going back to the things of the struggles that took you there. And also the fact that you started with FFL when FFL was not what it is today. How have you seen the business evolve and how have you evolved some of your thought process as time has went on here in the last eight years? Yeah, great question. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, it's been so exciting. And I really think we are so fortunate to be with FFL at this time point in time because the changes that have taken place in the short eight years have been phenomenal. Phenomenal. I mean, obviously, we're the largest and the fastest growing IMO in the country, and that's all for good reason, right? Um, first of all, I came with all the wrong thought process. You know, I came with a lot of baggage. You know, you always talk about finding partners, building a team. You want somebody that's coachable, trainable, 
you know, none of which I was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why. I, you know, I, I was like really like a like a like a like a masochist. I was like looking for trouble in all the wrong places. So I came in. I thought, you know, in in, in my heart, I thought, yeah, this could really work. I, I could see the value of the people around me were very diligent, had their heads on straight. Um, but, but, uh, at the same time, I didn't have that same confidence in myself, you know, kind of broken from my previous experience in insurance, but I thought if there's any way it's going to work, it's going to work with the confidence that these other people have, mm. you know, and that's something that's really come to fruition. It's like everyone across the country is sharing so much positivity and it's so transparent. You know, I've been at other organizations, life insurance and otherwise where people were pretty, uh, you know, quiet and uh, kept to themselves about, you know, business practices, you know, best tips, how to build an organization, how to, how to, how, how to reach success in, in any industry. And it was hard getting information out of them. Mm. You know, I wanted so bad to succeed. Uh, I was willing to work hard. So uh, I had a lot of growing to do personally, you know, thought, thought processes, you know, and the first steps for me were just literally, I had to be proven, you know, I was like the doubting Thomas. I had to be proven you know, had to be shown to me that these leads work. And it was kind of like a harsh reality, <laughs> yeah. reality check. So I, in the beginning, I'd walk into meetings with my leads. And I, I'm the guy that, that comes in yelling and screaming and complaining. And what the hell did you, what are these leads? And what did you pedal off to me? And I was like, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty dramatic. But um, like I literally, I'd hand my leads off to somebody like Andrew or Paul. And they start calling them. And immediately they start booking appointment after appointment after appointment. So I figured out quick, it wasn't the lead, it's something else. Mm. <laughs> so I had to come to terms with that. You know, it wasn't the lead, it was me, you know? So I had to wrap my head around, you know, becoming duplicatable. Mm. And I think that's something that's so well documented here at Family First Life. You know, Steve, I've already admired you. You know, you're like the, you're like the next generation. Like <laughs> when I saw Steve Giordano come on the scene, I was like, that's impossible. There's something going wrong. He won't last. <laughs> he's too big. He's too handsome. He's too. <laughs> <laughs> <You're funny. laughs> he, does, he does like triple the sales of any normal top producer. I was like, man, this is unbelievable. But uh, you, you set the pace, you know, for a lot of these new and younger people coming in and saying, hey, you know, what's the capacity? You set the bar really high. Yeah. And that's what we needed. And that's what we continuously need is to constantly challenge ourselves and say, hey, can we do this? Is it doable? You know, so you're living proof. You know, people like you all over the country come on podcasts like this and trainings. And I mean, I literally have libraries of them. I've been driving up and down. This is when we were still, you know, back in the day, we we're still driving to our appointments primarily. And uh, I would drive three hours, five hours, seven hours each way to have appointments and you know you got plenty of good time you don't want to waste it i'd be listening to top producers all the time very transparent you know hey wh what's what is it you do for leads what does your schedule look like you know what are you going to say when somebody says i'm not interested on the phone what are you going to say when I, I as they say i need to think about it at home you know all this stuff is very well documented it's no secret you know uh on how we should become duplicatable and that's the first thing for me yeah. was try my best if you know don't you know don't think too much Especially if it's if negative, if if you if you exude negativity, you know, what I mean? you better just quiet up and just listen from some of the other top people out there. Yeah, what's so yeah. cool about you that I think goes, uh, you know, maybe not spoken about enough is you are a, I believe, a four-time Hall of Fame producer, right, or three? 
three personal, and then yeah, if you call agency, then we call it two more. So you're you're the d- double threat where a lot of people, and I, and I struggle with this, top producer or build a big team. Like a lot of people, they do one or the other. You've been able to do both. Um, and, and you also mentioned, obviously, driving to appointments. And I know in, in talking to you and listening to a lot of your trainings, you took a lot of travel trips. You didn't have a ton of leads in the beginning in your backyard, much like many people. Correct. What did that look like, you know, for your family? You have children. Um, what did that look like? How did you get buy-in? How did you manage that? Because that was not easy early on with the amount of travel that you had to do to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, if you come from a place of hardship, you know, it said no pain, no gain. So I was constantly challenged, like many people are, at another company, at another place with a different set of circumstances. So I knew the value of leads. That was, I think, my one saving grace. I came from a place or two that the first place was like they gave you free leads, right? You get 30 a month. It's like mission impossible. They give you this package. You're like, <laughs> you have you have 30 days to accomplish this. And like literally there's 30 pieces of old, you know, two, three year old leads and half of them weren't even leads. They were different kind of, you know, uh, 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 marketing tools. And then we'd literally like, you know, go have to go post up at people's houses. I, I joke about it. We would literally break off in twos and like we had one lead per day. <laughs> I mean, on average. Right. Yeah. So you had to resolve them. You know, so we'd literally like bring a pair of binoculars, a bag of Cheetos, and we'd sit in front of the house and wait for them to get home. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, when they got home, it was like, okay, let's go. And we're like, we're like, we're like the FBI, like, hey, stop right there. Steve, you filled out this form. And, you know, <laughs> and like, ah, they start screaming, running up at the door. You know, so not having a whole lot of leads definitely set the stage. So when I came and when we came to Family First Life, even though there were numerous uh, challenges which is part of the the joy of the ride uh it was like game on like somebody told me you could buy as many leads as you want there's no end of leads i was like yeah this is this is great so i would literally so we did what we had to do and um go drive to your appointments you know like far away so i set it up such that like every week i was like two days in town and two days out of town and that became pretty 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 regular you know but uh, I mean, uh, if I if, it, if I look back to the beginning, man, it was a, it was a lot of anticipation, a lot of anxiety. You know, what am I going to uh, drive three hours, three and a half hours each way to get to my appointments? It's like, what am I going to do? You know, I was like, <laughs> I was more worried about where am I going to sleep and what am I going to eat? <laughs> yeah, true. That was the first thing on my mind. I was like, like in the back of my mind, I didn't want to voice it. I was like, what am I going to eat? <laughs> yeah. They have food over there, by the way. <laughs> There's plenty of food everywhere. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but those are the things that go through my mind, you know, like, how am I going to get appointments? And, you know, I, uh, and my back would hurt. Driving three and a half hours yeah. back in the day, my back would really hurt. After two, three years, just muscle memory, though, you get used to it. I could start going five hours and I started going seven hours. So, I, you know, I started doing a rotation. You know, I'd go two days in this particular county in this particular state and then come back for two days in local and then flip the next week i'd flip to another state or another county for two days and then come back and do local so you get used to it but it was a lot of challenges for the family you're right uh you know being a new dad uh and a husband you know you got that you know contingency you know you have to uh be transparent you know and i think uh fortunately when we came to Family First Life, I mean, the commission immediately doubled, mm. immediately doubled. So it's like we were not afraid of work. We were not afraid of the hard work. 
And, uh, you know, we put these systems into place. Uh, so I would just grab these anywhere I could. And then, uh, you know, the money started getting better immediately. So I had a conversation with my wife and, you know, my kid. I was like, hey, look, here's what we have to do. I'm doing it, you know, uh, and it's going to work. And now it's working, you know. Mm. So uh, I've, been, I've been very fortunate that she's been under My wife, Betty, has been fortunate, uh, been understanding of uh, what it takes to, you know, make the bacon. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, at what point did you say to yourself, I want to build a business as opposed to I want to just be a personal producer? Right. Very good. So I, I think people can learn from each other's experiences and mistakes. So I'm the first one to put it out there. I was like a secret agent. You know, uh, I love I love the openness and the drive that so many new people have coming to Family First Life because the, the foundation is there for everyone to take advantage of. But I was one of those people, again, back to the negativity. I was like, well, you know, I, I can't build a team if I'm not doing it myself. Yeah. And uh, I was like, uh, I, I don't know how to build a team. I don't know exactly what to do or how to do it. So I was one of the slower ones out of the gate, I, I'd say. But uh, I definitely, you know, once it started catching, catching fire, and uh, people started building. I was like, oh, I want to be a part of this. So, uh, you know, somehow it just happened to put come together. I think the thing that really got me uh, success along the way was that I never stopped producing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, a lot of people concerned about, well, you know, okay, it's that's a fair statement out the gate. Like, I'm not doing it myself. Why should I Why should I want to tell people how to do it? Well, number one, we all learned hindsight's twenty twenty. It's not about me. It's about the opportunity. So the best people that promote themselves and the opportunity best are the ones that are going to succeed when it comes to having partners, right? But, you know, that's a good excuse for six months. But when you're 12 months in, you know, hey, come on, you know, let's produce. That's absolutely because we have bills to pay. But once you start producing well, then, you know, it'll come naturally. So I literally was very fortunate. And it's, I think it's kind of um, uh, what goes around comes around. You know, I had spent that whole first year, second year at the at the at the other companies to meet some really, really good people. Uh, inevitably, down the line, it just one by one started joining me here at Family First Life. So that was a that was a big funnel, a great opportunity to find warm market people from a previous organization. And it's it's kind of uh, it's funny. It's another funny story. Uh, I think uh, people came to join me. Because at the first company, I, I couldn't do anything. <laughs> so like, man, if Jack is doing that well, it must be easy. <laughs> that, that was the attraction, seriously. They're like, oh, if Jack can do it, geez, really, it got to be easy. So they started coming over one by one. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how we got traction initially. Yeah. Got it. So a lot of warm market that kind of came your way. Yeah. And then from a structural perspective, like what did it look like for you? Okay, you know, office, staff, and how has that evolved? Right, right. Very good question. Staff came early, office came later. I think uh, just from a foundational standpoint, many of us was, you know, all about leads in a big way. And uh, I think that was the thrust. So it's exciting to see the growth of Family First Life go from one plateau to the next consistently and just, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of learning curve and I love it. It's great. You know, so the challenges come each step of the way. Should I get a staff? For me, uh, it was, it was challenging. You know, I was counting every penny for so many years. 
to go spend money on a staff, I was like, well, is it going to bring me value? Mm. What are they going to do? What are they going to do that I don't already know how to do? You know, so I got my first staff and man, man, I was like, there was so much value that this, that, you know, this, these people could bring to the table and save me time and energy and stuff that I was spending half a day doing. You know, back mm. in the day, we had to check pending and do all this contracting and, you know, my own contracting with the carriers, check carriers, licenses and everything. So it immediately alleviated so much off of my plate. And I was like, I was convinced after that, you know, but then, you know, every, every, every so often you'd have to, you know, train a new one or hire another one. And that always felt uh, like a stumbling block, you know, but you just have to keep them in mind and, and have faith that, you know, uh, the, the, the benefits going to outweigh the cost, yeah, you know, hundred percent. that's, that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. And, uh, uh, yeah, um, hiring was a, a good thing when I, when I came down to having staff an office. Uh, again, we didn't really, I mean, let's be trans. We didn't really talk about brick and mortar until a couple few years ago. Of course, people had their offices, right? But it was like, Hey, you know, we want to make this as simplistic. Our, our thrust initially was to get as many people becoming successful at selling as possible. So we try to limit the upfront, uh, fixed expenses, you know, so yeah, you could do it without an office, but, uh, in hindsight, Sean, had clarity to realize that, Hey, you know, we can connect people using offices, yeah. you know, we give people a place and not just having an office, sharing an office, you know, with work spots, letting, letting people all over the country take advantage of that. So we can literally synergize on that platform tremendously. I mean, we have people come in our office every day and it's so fantastic to see, you know, that they don't have to be on my team, but we all share one common purpose, you know? So I, I you know, the door's wide open. And uh, it's an amazing, you know, our goal of 400 offices is easily accomplished now. Everybody's yeah. getting an office. We're, at, we're almost to five at this point. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So now social media. Obviously, um, I like to say we've become a, uh, a marketing company that does insurance as opposed to a insurance company, right? Because of the amount of marketing we do. You said you were a secret agent, so I, I would venture to guess you weren't Mr. Social Media. Although you should be with your, you should just do comedy and you would probably hire the world. You should just do reels of comedy all day long. How did you um, kind of evolve your thought process around social media? Do you have anybody that does it specifically for you or do you kind of do your own? Yeah, good question. So, you know, I tease and joke around a lot, you know, with intentionality just to say, hey, you know, it's it's not as arduous as, as it feels, mm. you know, when you when presented to you like, oh, I got to do this, you know, I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Doubtful, like, oh, I got to do that, <laughs> you know, but once I once I put my mind to it, I'm like, yeah, everybody's doing it. It's a good thing to do. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. So I started getting involved in social media. Um, of course, you know, I spent a lot of good time i had a lot of results from facebook back in the day when it was good but of course everybody knows that's dated now yeah you know it's still there it's a solid platform but it's not your key right, right. so we started venturing into places like linkedin and uh instagram and just you know catching that wave and it's been really exciting so i do have staff to do that for me um we go in there we build content hopefully interesting content where you gotta get eyeballs on it yeah. and then literally we have people that can uh uh outreach so it's one thing to have nice pictures from what i'm learning and i'm always still learning it's nice thing to have good pictures good content but you got to have you know reach yeah right 
So a lot of it has for us has been uh, just our uh, efforts at you know outreach, whether it be through Messenger, through the messaging service through Instagram, and a messaging capability through LinkedIn. So we literally have somebody going in there. You, you give them keywords like insurance or uh, you know 1099 or uh, outside sales or the name of your you know your favorite life insurance company, and you can search <laughs> up various uh, you know contingencies from those from those programs, and then you literally hit them up with a standardized text. Hey, Steve, I see you're in our industry. Love to connect with people. You got a minute for a chat? And most of them both say no, you know, but I mean, even at two, three, five, 10% return rate, but like, yeah, why not? You yeah. know, and, they, and then you got the content to back it up while he's a real human being. He's not a robot, you know, got a beautiful family, you know, so this is, this is part of how it's, it's, it's evolving. You know, we were so uh, business minded and we're like, nah, don't put too much social content. Like literally like, hey, we went to the beach today. Don't put too much social content. But I, I, it's exciting to see the expectations can change. Yeah. You know? And a full-bodied social media pro, pro, uh, a platform is inclusive. Like, hey, I'm a human being too. And right. I do have a life and interests. Right. You know? And I have a, a family that supports me. You know? yeah. These are, I think, all parts of a healthy uh, 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 presence. So because I was for years, I was and I still I'm not like posting vacation pics too much, but uh, (laughs) let them know that I have because you're not taking vacation. So it's true. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Who's got time for that? Exactly. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, you know, you know, hey, when it's Mother's Day, you know, my, you know, my wife and she's so supportive and this is good stuff. Yeah. No, it's good because it makes it more about like, instead of being, Hey, it's numbers and this and that it's okay. This is a human being who has a real life and I could be him. Kind of like you said before, you had drawn so many people in cause they said, man, if Jack could do it, anybody could do it. It's kind of the right. same concept. Um, and it is very interesting in the way that we, I mean, I, I know they call it influencer, right? With social right. media. Now I'm going to try and be right. hip, even though I'm not, um, yeah. it's kind of the same you know, concept, you know, like you're, you're trying to influence people into, Hey, I like to call it balance. You know, I can be a balanced individual. I can, you know, have fitness, you know, personal interests, business interests, and you can kind of do that too. So I love the kind of the way that we've all done it and you, you do some great stuff and always posting good stuff about your family, which is awesome. So leave us with this. This has been tremendous for somebody looking to get into this industry. Why FFL and why should they not only produce, but come in with the mindset to build the business long term? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, and I, when I'm talking to new agents, I tell them, hey, it doesn't have to be weird. You know, because I think that's the, that's the stig- stigmatism, the stigma with uh, insurance. It's like, hey, my, I've got two cousins, two aunties, and once I sell them insurance, where am I at? You know, so again, the platform foundation re- relies upon leads getting in front of families and in a healthy organization, why not? You know, why not do both? You can sell at a very high level. And at the same time, you could build partnerships and build an organization. And uh, we've accomplished that thoroughly here at Family First Life. So there's no reason why straight out the gate, you shouldn't be firing on all on all cylinders, you know, and that's the thing we're trying to present to people. And I think a lot of people get it. You know, if you if you if you if you tell them, hey, we only sell, we got to sell, sell, sell. That's you know, that's what they're going to do. If you tell them we're going to recruit, 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 and that's all you're going to do. But if you stop people off with the right expectations and say, hey, look, you can do it. I do. 
They do. Look at that person. They're doing it. And there's just so much transparency and so much uh, proof in the pudding. People want to buy and they want to do it too. You know? Yeah. Love that. I mean, it's yeah. the best business in America, best business to, you know, really start out. And uh, it, it's an honor to have you on. I, I think very highly of you. You you definitely uh, have done some incredible things and knocking on the door of integrity very, very soon. Um, and I just love to watch your journey. And I've learned a lot from you um, in we didn't even talk about sales, but a lot of the things that you do with, you know, annuities and, you know, the fact that you are a three-time Hall of Famer. So I just thank you for everything that you've done for me. And I'll leave you with this one thing. I remember, I don't know, maybe three years ago, you did a, a training, a TNL, whatever it was, and you're so, like, even-keeled. And I'm like this. I'm like an emotional wreck sometimes. And it, listening to you, I was like, man, like, he's so calm. Like, why don't I just calm down? And it, it helped me big time. So I thank you. No, not at all, Stephen. I really thank you. And I want to tell you, I've been watching you all the way and I'm so excited for you and your team's growth. Um, one thing I'll share with you, you've probably heard this, but I love the name of your agency. Uh, when I was a little, little boy, ever since I was a little, little kid, my grandma used to tell me early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy and wise. There you go. <laughs> love that. Awesome. That is good stuff, yeah. man. Well, I appreciate you and uh, look forward to hopping on with you soon with your team. And uh, thanks again. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks so much. Thanks, Steve. Mm -hmm.